0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future
0: isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, it could be.
3: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shravan. We've got Tyrone here with us. Ready right, to party. Yeah, you yeah. Very... I couldn't hear that,
0: but I could hear it through your headphones. It was bleeding a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, good that you heard it, because then you knew when to talk.
3: Did I? <laughs> yeah. Well, sound like you did. No, no, no. I was, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, as promised, we're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings, uh, starting with, obviously, Fellowship of the Ring today. This is in preparation for the Rings of Power, which is starting in about a week now, I think. Exactly a week, right? I think it's uh, next Friday that's starting. Uh, but if we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings, we couldn't do it do it justice without a little bit of help. So we've got Baska Cherikuri and Varagova Cherikuri joining us. We actually did a combined watch session last weekend uh, for the extended version of Fellowship of the Rings. So we're going to be reviewing that version today. So welcome, guys. Hey, howdy. Thank you. Hello.
0: We had to get you guys in because you've uh, actually read Lord of the Rings. I haven't
1: then. finished it yet.
0: Okay. Well, I know reading. you've read uh, Bhagavad. No surprises that Lord this guy hasn't Rings. finished yeah. it. It's have been out for 30 years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when we were when we were younger and Basker used to read books over like two to three years? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Decades, yeah.
1: that's, still, that's still the same. But, yeah. There was...
0: Um, I can't remember which Harry Potter it was, but one of the Harry Potter movies. You were reading the book, like as we were walking into the theater. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. As in, I was rereading it. I was, re-re- I was, I was uh, rereading. I It was uh, yeah. a Goblet of Fire. I actually brought it into the theater. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I remember that. Good good safe. Safe.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny.
0: But
3: yeah, Lord of the Rings. I haven't read it, and you, you haven't read it. Nah, no. Yeah, yeah. I've
0: read a little bit of The Hobbit.
3: Mm. Yes. I actually, yeah. I have read The Hobbit, but I haven't read Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. I'm planning on getting the audiobook, actually.
0: I remember you guys used to have the book, all three of them, yeah. uh, at your house. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. We had the combined one. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The audiobooks are read by Andy Serkis, actually. Oh, cool. The one oh, on yeah, on, the most recent ones. Yeah, yes. the one on Audible. Um, So... Yeah, if you want to get into it. This would actually be a prime slot for an Audible sponsorship, but we don't have one. so Okay, let's do it anyway. <laughs> let's do it anyway and then we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get it. Yeah, we'll blackmail them. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a sponsorship for you without your knowledge. Um, so, as usual, we'll do a bit of background. Should we do a non-spoiler review for this? It's been out for... Almost 20 years. Yeah. More than 20 years. No need for non-spoilers. Okay, so we'll if jump... If you st-
0: haven't seen Lord of the Rings... Yet you're never going to watch it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a
3: fair analysis. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, oh, no, I reckon if you haven't seen it yet because you're intimidated by it, hopefully this will dissuade any yeah. any kind of uh, apprehension you have.
3: Yeah. So we'll, we'll do like high level thoughts very briefly, and then we'll jump into we'll do full spoilers for the rest of the review. Hmm. Um, and I've got a bit of trivia. So the trivia section for. This particular movie, I'm pretty sure it's the same for the other two. On IMDb, is just ridiculously long. Like, I'm, we're not going to get through all of it, That's so insane. I've just picked That's out insane. some highlights, and uh, we can. And I know you guys have um, watched the appendices and stuff. So if there's anything you you guys want to add, you can do that as well. All right, quick background. So obviously, it's directed by Peter Jackson. He spent a long time preparing for this. You were telling me just earlier. He spent two years actually preparing the script before. Filming.
1: Yeah. And storyboarding and like yeah, all the all the prep work was done well before even the first shot was taken.
3: Yes, yeah. And they started shooting in nineteen ninety nine and this movie came out in December of two thousand and one. But they shot all three movies at once. It's actually got the equal record for the total number of days shot for a film. Yeah. Was uh, it two years or something? It's like two hundred and sixty seven days or sixty two hundred and sixty odd days that um they shot for. And it equals, do you want to guess what the other movie is that shot for the same amount of time? Was it Cars 1? Same amount Cars of, 1. <laughs> Cars 1?
0: <one. laughs> well, they didn't shoot anything. Is it recent?
3: No, it's pretty old. 70s, I think.
0: Oh, Apocalypse Now? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah so that-, that was horrible, horrible conditions that they shot that in. Yeah,
3: Yeah. same. So equal... Equal longest in terms of shooting. Except that this is three movies and that was one movie. So, <laughs> anyway, in terms of the box office, so firstly, budget. So, budget was $93 million, which, hmm. I mean, it's not adjusted for inflation, but it is still pretty low considering the output that they've got. Like, most movies these days are, uh, you know. I didn't get that. Could you
0: try again? She did get that. Could you try again?
3: Siri didn't get it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah. I'm sure I understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So most movies these days, blockbusters are about two hundred million. So it is yeah. it is uh, not as expensive as it as it looks. Box office wise, do you want to guess how much it made? Box office wise, I reckon Basco knows this off. By
1: no, right? no. I I actually I I wouldn't have a clue as to how much it made. I I know it was very well critically received, but I don't know how much it. I made. I think it's around office. the
0: four hundred thousand region worldwide. Yes. Uh, no. It's Shit.
1: <laughs> so million.
0: Thousand? Oh no, billion. Four hundred million. <laughs> 400 000
3: 000. Didn't even break even <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> just, just we watched it. Yeah. Many yeah. times. No, no. no t- 2000, 2001
4: two thousand one.
3: I'd say two hundred, three hundred mil. No, so it maybe more than four hundred it's more. It's uh, eight hundred ninety-seven million. Wow. Oh. Adjusted for inflation, it's one point four billion. Yeah, well. One point four billion. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it did extremely well. In but four hundred domestically, which domestic, US domestic, probably. It's
1: very. It's incredible because of the Hollywood accounting thing that goes on. New actually claimed they didn't turn a profit for this film.
0: Oh yeah, ho, ho, Hollywood accounting. They it's use it as a tax write off. So they say every movie doesn't make a profit. And then they don't need to pay taxes on the profit. Which is
1: a, which is a yeah. blatant... Uh, yeah. Which is it's also why same. they're writing off all
3: those um, Warner Brothers movies. They yeah. Way? Well, yeah. they're just
0: complete tax write-offs. Yeah. But most movies are claimed to not be profitable. Yeah. Because the same. they say the marketing cost is double that of the production cost. So, for, how much did this cost to make?
3: 93.
0: 93 million. Yeah. So, they'll say the marketing cost was 200 million.
3: Yeah. It's still tough, Yeah, but it's it's
1: yeah. it's so insidious. I remember there was a massive lawsuit after this between Peter Jackson and, and Newland Cinema, and yeah. it only just got resolved before the Hobbit films came out. Yeah, okay. So like, I had no idea this was going on in the background. I was just like, oh, these films came out; they're so magical. But all this stuff goes on in the background, and you kind of think, yeah, oh. yeah.
3: Was it just this film, or like the, the subsequent movies made more than this? Actually, yeah. So. It, was, it was
1: the whole thing combined. I think they, wow. had a, they had a contract for the for the three. So yeah, yeah, it was. Uh,
3: But yes, they're they're very commercially successful, despite what New Lines wants to say, and obviously critically acclaimed. It's won, I think it won two Academy Awards. So it got nominated for quite a few things, but it only won for I think it was visual effects and costume design or something Mm. along those lines. All right. I guess we can jump into our... I was going to go through the cast, but the cast is just way too big, and everyone knows who's in this movie. So maybe we'll just jump to our thoughts on this movie, Fellowship of the Ring, first. We'll start with, we'll go around, so we'll start with you.
0: Okay. Do, uh, the, do you want me to do any plot? No, nah, don't, don't need to do plot. We can do that later.
3: Yeah, plot. I don't yeah. know if we, when we go through spoils we'll they, do, we'll yeah. kind of go through yeah. the plot. I would
0: have put the ring in the, in the lava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a little bit more
1: to it. But like, yeah. that's, the simple, that's like the simplified, simplified yeah. version. Yeah. And there's nothing more to it. So, <laughs> I, yeah. There's nothing
0: There's nothing more. There's it. Nothing yeah. more. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a road trip. <laughs> and they're, and they're well, trying to put, yeah.
3: When you ask, because our parents have seen these movies, when you ask my mum what the plot for this is, she's just like, yeah, why don't they just go and put the ring in the lava? Like, what, why is it taking them so long to do it? So, oh, that's man. that's her explanation for this every time. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Um, Okay, high-level thoughts. Um, I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. I don't think I've seen it in, like, over 10 years. It's been been a very long time. Wow. But it holds up very well considering how long ago it came out. So, like, the visual effects are quite amazing. And I think it's the, yeah, the combination of the practical uh, effects and visual effects that makes it look so good. It came out in and. One. One, One. Yeah. yeah. No movie from 2001 looks this good.
3: Yeah. You well, like some, some movies from, like, this year don't look this good. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there's
0: some parts that are dated, but for the most of it, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast is very good. Um, this, uh, I, this is a slight negative. I don't know if everyone agrees with this, but I don't think Elijah Wood is great in all three of these. Um, but I think the other than that the rest of the card is cast is really good overall it's 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 just a really good good time it's doesn't take itself too seriously but it is serious um there's like moments of levity it's yeah it's handled very well and it's an ensemble cast as well it's like it's basically like an Avengers movie with in terms of the cast but they mm. handle it quite well giving every cast member enough to do so yeah overall I think Technically, it's probably the thing that stands out the most for me. But other than that, it's it's still amazing on all fronts. Yeah, I I think it yeah. might be my favorite out of all three of them.
3: But we're going to watch but the next. We're going to watch
0: the next two, so <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think this is my favorite. Yeah, fair
1: enough.
0: Yeah,
3: Baska, what about what are your thoughts?
1: Wow, um, watching this again the other day it was just like a big trip down memory lane. You know, yeah. it's uh, I, I know a lot of people have reviewed Lord of the Rings in the past and. Yeah, the cultural zeitgeist it's had, it still continues to this day. Still, people are still coming on board. I feel like I might go different with my approach to this film. I'm going to talk about the emotional impact it had. Yeah. Because everyone can talk about its critical and its technical, uh, you know, mastery. For me, I remember watching it as a kid and I was like, the first time I saw the trailer for Lord of the Rings, I just thought it was a fantasy film that someone wanted to make. I didn't know it was based off a book. I didn't know it was based off anything existing. I was just like, this looks really, really... Uh, fantastical and magical and I just I want to watch what this is about. I don't care about the characters. I, I didn't recognize any of the actors. They were all new to me at the time. I didn't recognize any elements or it was the first time seeing anything like this before. So like when I saw it, I was only nine years old? Ten years 2001,
3: old? 2001. So we would have been...
1: 2001. Oh no, we would have been 12, 13. 12, 12 13. Yeah. Right I that think right you would, age. you would have been 12, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we were teenagers get, entering into, you know, uh, teenage years and it was... Sat, I sat through that film, not not knowing what Lord of the Rings was about. Never heard that name ever, and I was just blown away by the film because it was so uh, it, it was so enthralling. It kind of really just dives deep and puts you in the film. It's that it's that kind of thing where you know how people are getting into d- like Dungeons and Dragons now, and I'm playing like you know party Stranger massively things. multiplayer <laughs> online games. Like this was the OG dungeon crawl experience of watching a team, and you have you know you have your ranger, you have your mage, you have your your little uh, you know. Uh, hobbits going around and like watch them yeah and just watch them dive into the most ungodly environments where you don't know what's going to happen yeah it's it is an adventure like you kind of feel like you're just thrown into an adventure yeah so like it's i I recommend this movie to everyone who hasn't seen it because it's just like if you've ever had an imaginative kind of uh, experience with a book or with a uh, you know a tv series like this is something that starts many people off on that journey. I'm pretty sure this was the film that got me starting to appreciate filmmaking. Before this, I was just watching films like, you know... Entertainment. Ste- like Steven Spielberg films and going, oh, that's really cool. I wish I could fly like hooked, like Peter Pan doesn't hook. Or I wish I could, you know, be mogul in the jungle. This was the first one where I was watching going, how did they do this? And it actually got me thinking about behind the screen and, and what goes into making something so magical. So yeah. really, really culturally... Uh, and personally, like, an uh, important film. Definitely. Yeah. You would have
3: yeah, been I'm- super young when this came out. So. I was, yeah. yeah. I
4: don't think, honestly, I don't think I remember the first time I saw it, if I'm honest. But looking back on it now, similar to what Toren mentioned before, I'm just, I'm still amazed at how well it holds up in this day and age. I remember reading, I remember looking at like in hindsight now when you take a look at some of the behind the scenes and whatnot on how they do some of that cinematography, all the all the camera shots. I'm just I'm just amazed at how hard it is to actually spot some of those things and you only spot it if you if you know what what happens behind the scenes, but it's just such a I'm tempted to say flawless. Yeah. Uh, piece of work uh for that day and age. But yeah, just running through, like there's nothing that I can really think that stands out as something that I would say as a negative cinematography has done really, really well. The music for the first film was excellent, Howard Shaw, I don't know how he does it, but
2: oh, yeah, it's wish, just show, it's yeah.
4: just the way like it draws you in. Oscar mentioned it's an adventure. I think for me as well, what even though it's a long movie, it covers a lot. Like when you think about where it starts and where it ends. There's nothing redundant. Like, what would you take out? Yeah, exactly. Like, even in the extended edition, you can kind of understand why they took out some of those extended scenes. But you know, everything fits. Like, everything's got a purpose, and you really do feel like it's three hours well spent for the theatrical release. Whereas some movies nowadays, like two two and a half hours, two hours, twenty minutes, and it's like not much really, not much really happens. So. Yeah, there's very little I can say that that's negative about it. It's just overall a really positive experience. And I think what I liked the most about it all was the fact that the movies came out year after year. That was a good plan. And it just meant that, you know, you didn't you, you didn't lose any of that of that space in between where you're like, what happened? Because a lot of movies nowadays, sequels are coming out three, four years later. And it's like, you have to go back, rewatch it. You start picking out flaws and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, look,
3: overall, just a positive experience for me, Fellowship of the Ring. There's nothing really that I can say was Yeah. Active. I mean I agree with everything that said. Since we're recollecting our theatrical experiences, I remember pretty distinctly where we watched this and why we watched this. So I we weren't actually Mox V Max? No, it was actually Century City. Yeah, um true. and it was late. It was like a nine thirty show. Mm-hmm. And it was on a Sunday night mm-hmm. and we didn't actually plan to watch it. My dad wanted to watch it. So he's like, Oh, there's a movie called Lord of the Rings, let's let's go check it out we didn't know it was 3 hours long. He didn't know it was 3 hours <laughs> long either. He had work the next day and and then we got to the, we bought the tickets and then uh, dad was like, "Oh, so how long's the movie in?" They're like, "Oh, it finishes at uh 12:45." <laughs> and he's like, "What? That's the 3 hours." But then we we'd already bought the tickets, so we went in and um yeah, it was like the biggest surprise for me cuz I I'd only seen one trailer uh when we watched Harry Potter and Philosopher's Stone the theatrical trailer and then mm. went in Pretty much blind, like it doesn't happen these days where you go into a movie not knowing anything about it. Yeah, this was one of those experiences, and yeah, complete surprise. And I and it and I didn't even know that there was two more movies. Yeah. So it ended. I'm like, oh, that's an abrupt end. Like, aren't aren't they going to finish it? And then realize that there's two more movies coming out. So yeah, got me completely hyped. And that that was a long year of waiting, waiting for two towers to come out. So. Yeah, no, it was a great, great theatrical experience back then. And in terms of my thoughts on the movie now, it's like, like you all said, it's still, um, it passed the test of time with flying colors. It's, it's amazing in terms of how it looks now. The main thing for me is, like you said, the emotional impact. Like there's a lot of, and this comes from the writing of JR, JRR R. Tolkien, obviously, but the philosophical undertones that are in this movie. And I'm going to play a, a scene when we get into spoilers that really resonated with me now something that Gandalf says it was stuff like that like those philosophical undertones and just the depth in in the characters and and the dialogue uh, that really resonated me this time Uh, and also the camaraderie within the fellowship because they they only join the fellowship halfway through the movie so that they, they really set it up in the first half and another thing that that kind of resonated with me this time was that, um, you spend a lot of time in the Shire. Mm. And like, I remember back then, like, oh, well, why, why can't we just get into the action? Like, why are we spending this time? But it makes sense now because you need to feel the sense of being out of, a, out of the hobbits comfort zone. Yeah. So I spend yeah. time in the Shire so that hobbits live in this very peaceful Shire. It's very quiet, very slow. And then you see Frodo and the rest of the Hobbits move out of the Shire and in chaos, essentially, like a lot of danger, and you feel that because you know where they've come from. Yeah. So it, it really takes the audience on that journey. So I, I really respect that they took the time to, you know, just have that Shire uh, sequence and everything that happens there. So, yeah, we've, I mean, I could keep talking about this, but we should probably jump to spoilers soon. Obviously, this is a masterpiece. We've still got two more to talk about, but I really like Fellowship of the Ring. When it came out, uh, after I watched all three, I would—I was actually ranking this second. I liked it better than Two Towers, and then Return of the King was on top. But let's see what happens this time around.
0: Absolutely. I, I had the same ranking when I was younger, but I think, uh, well, we'll find out when we watch Return of the King, but I think I i don't like it as much as I did. Um, it's got cool parts, though. Yep. But I think this this is the only movie that the Fellowship is actually together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 They Chris, just split them no up. Other movie went there together. Yeah. It's, it's quite yeah.
1: a nice feeling seeing them together and like that initial, you know, the journey and they're all kind of protecting each other. And it, it's kind of nice. I kind of, uh, when you're watching later films, you kind of feel that separation of the fellowship. And it's like oh, you, you're following three separate storylines mm. and you don't see them reunite until the very end. At which point they kind of just spend some time in disbanding it.
0: Yeah. Well the very, they made at the very end when all the tensions kinda of gone as well. So Yeah, when the ring's
1: in lava. It's a,
0: it's already in there. Yeah. <laughs> the ring has, has, when it's, the ring has, yeah. has dissolved. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's one point I wanted to follow up on what Stravin said about the that establishing that sense of comfort in the Shire before throwing this party in the deep end. And I feel like that was done masterfully on many levels. One of them is like the opening crawl to the film is like the camera pans over the map of the Shire mm. and it shows like Buckleberry Ferry, you know, Fairy, you know the, the great big tree and Bag End and slowly zooms out. It's very careful not to show too much of the world. It just shows that little neck of the woods, yeah. what what Bilbo grew up around and like, you know, spending his youth in the woods of, uh, you know, the, the Took Forest and and coming around like, like the, the boundaries of his world is the wild, which is just like the natural trees and that kind of stuff. When they go and they leave the Shire, and, you know, Sam has that beautiful moment of, you know, this is the furthest away I've ever been. But when they actually leave and they go past Weathertop, you never see the map again. And every step is like uncharted territory. Something new, yeah. Yeah, even Rivendell is like, these guys have never been in Rivendell. Yeah. It's just weird. And then they cross Moria and it's just like... It's the furthest it's ever been. It, yeah. it, it's like... <laughs> yeah, every step is literally... <laughs> <unworthy> <laughs> and... um We'll talk about that YouTube video online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that seventy-two yeah. hour-long video. But that, that that feeling of just being completely isolated and like you don't know what's around the corner or what's hiding really mimics the feel of the books. Because when you when you read the books for the very first time, on the left sleeve there's a map of Hobbit, Hobbiton and the Shire. The actual world map is on the very other end of the book. Ah, okay. So it's like it, it's a bit intimidating for you to go past everything, and you you do, you're free to look at it, but it's like. What's familiar is what you start off with. Mm. And when you look at the world map, it's on the very other end of the book. So, it's like, yeah, it gives it the Peter Jackson really thought a lot about how much he wants to convey that sense of adventure.
3: Any non-spoiler comments that we want to make? Obviously, cognitive recalibration, I think everyone's going to give it a We should probably have another scale for this movie, to be honest, uh, uh, other than cognitive recalibration and regression. But, yeah, obviously, we recommend it. Definitely go watch it. Um, watch the extended editions. I think it's worth the time investment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's also a 4K remastered edition that just came out.
3: Came out in 2020. Yeah. 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 Fully
1: regraded, recolored. Yeah. Peter Jackson sat down and did it himself. So, yeah. Check that out. I'm I'm keen to check it out as well. All
3: right. Um, I guess we'll jump to spoilers. So, if you haven't seen Fellowship of the Ring, we just told you go watch it. Come back to this point and listen to our spoilers.
0: At Plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off
2: your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
3: I mean, we can go, we don't have to go through every story because we will literally be here for four hours if oh, we do yeah. that. So we'll we'll go through high level what we think, but there was one part that I wanted to, Um, That dialogue that I wanted to sort of discuss because it kind of foreshadows everything that's going to happen, firstly and almost very relevant to what we've been through in the last um, two years or so, so Mm -hmm. let's watch
2: It's a pity Bilbo didn't kill him when he had the chance
0: Pity It was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand Many that live deserve death and some that die deserve life
3: Do not be too eager to deal out death and judgment.
0: Even the very wise can see all ends. My heart tells me that Gollum has some part to play yet, for good or ill. Before this is over, the pity of bilbo had happened so do all who live to see such times but that is not for them to decide all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us there are other forces at work in this world Frodo besides the Will of evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring in which case you also were meant to have it and that is an encouraging thought A bit confused for a little bit. I think you start the scene off a bit too early, <laughs> oh, but but I get it now. Such yeah. a nice scene. Yeah.
4: yeah, the words about Smeagol were very very moving
0: indeed. Yeah, no, I was, I was, <laughs> what's he what's he guarded from this? <laughs> what, oh, actually, what kind of English the English lecturer <laughs> bullshit he's to plugging for the
3: last two years. Yeah. So that the first part of that exchange is about Smeagol. There are actually some important things that come out of that as well. So, obviously, the second part is much more profound, I yeah. think. But the first part where he talks about th- – there's one thing he says towards the end where he says, uh, the pity of Bilbo may rule the fate of men, which is true because he let Smeagol live, which is technically why all of this is happening in a way. So, yeah, I thought that was, that was really good. But the second part is really what I wanted to focus on. So, around where he says we have to live with what? We are given. So like Frodo's like, Oh, I don't I wish this didn't happen, that didn't happen. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people wish the last two years didn't happen for mm-hmm. us. Uh but you have to live with the cards you're dealt well, I guess. Yeah. Not
0: everyone. This guy got married in the last two years. I'm sure he <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't know. I'm take that back. <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah, I thought that was.
3: <laughs>
1: well, he did what was he would he he was using the time that was given to him, so it was good. Yeah, you yeah.
3: used the time that was given to you to so. get
0: married.
1: Um, so yeah, My hands going up for everyone. <laughs> it, it was it was a fellowship. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> with rings and Yeah, there
3: was. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I noted down a couple of dot points. So you never know how things may turn out in life. Mm. The power of mercy, which is mm. the first part. How a small action may cause a massive chain of events. Dark times are inevitable, but the most important thing is how you face them. And things happen for a reason, even if you can't understand that at all times. The reason is never evil. So
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that quote. like He's like, there's other forces at work here other than the will of evil. Yeah. And that includes the will of all the people there trying to do something, which is really, really kind of powerful. Kind of touches on stoic philosophy a bit. Yeah. In terms yeah. of like, instead of complaining or feeling self pity, think about what you're tasked with, what, how much time you have, and just yeah, do do what you can with the tools you have.
3: That's right. Yeah, and he ends that deeply philosophical exchange with encouragement, essentially saying, mm-hmm. "You know, Bilbo was meant to get the ring. You're meant to have it. Yeah, and that's why we're here." So.
1: It, yeah. it kind of shows that that's what wisdom used to mean, like the old wisdom of, of like the old days where it was like, it wasn't this secret knowledge. It, even the way they show Gandalf using magic, it's never gratuitous in in a childish way. It's very mystical. It's a sense of like his wisdom came from a sense of being a spirit that's been on this earth for thousands of years. That's what Gandalf is, a Maya spirit. So, Bardi would know more about actually the origins of this. But mm. can you speak to like what, When he's talking about there are other forces at work here, do you think he's referencing, like, the gods of the of the realm or, or like, the the spirits and the Maya spirits?
4: No, I I don't think he's referencing the Maya spirits in general. I think he's just talking to the fact that there are just other elements that control what's going on around, right? Like, and it speaks to the fact that you can never really truly be in control of a situation, and to do so would be to seek power that would be outside your control. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, like, Gandalf's whole purpose on Middle-earth was to, like, Kindle hope in the hearts of men. And in this case, he does it in all races, not just in men. And that's the best part about a character like that. It's like, it's that character that you kind of wish you had in your life, kindling hope, providing that encouragement, and doing it in a way where you say as few words as required, but Mm. the message gets across.
3: And correct me if I'm wrong, but this exchange in the book actually happens much earlier. Mm. So uh, it's before they get to the mines. Correct. Yeah. But I think this placement actually works really well because they've actually yeah. been through some peril.
1: Correct. And, and yeah. they're in the darkest place they could possibly find yeah. themselves. It's pretty depressing. Crap. Yeah. It's yeah. the first yeah. real test
4: for Frodo. I mean, like, obviously, Weathertop was a crazy test, but this is, like, after he's made the choice to take it, this is the first real challenge that comes ahead. In the books, it happens... I believe it happens after... Gandalf reveals that the ring Bilbo had is the one ring. Yes. Because yeah. when they're in that room, that's mm, when he actually yeah. says that this is the one ring, and Frodo's like, I wish it need not happen in my time. Because
1: that's when he actually understands the weight of what's what's about to happen.
4: Correct. But I don't yeah. think that's the thing, I don't think he truly does understand because he hasn't been outside the Shire at that in the book at that yeah. stage. Yeah. Whereas in here, I think what Peter Jackson did was right in that he's given Frodo enough experience Correct. to have that quote Yes. Uh, have a little more impact mm. than it did in the books. So it's good. I I love the way that it played here in Moria because it's, like, dark. It's, like, unfamiliar territory. Even Gandalf is, like, kind of lost in the way. So it's, like, it's that when that figure who's always there is also kind of lost, that's when you
3: truly feel kind of helpless, right? So it's a
4: great, great scene.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the great thing about this whole trilogy is we watch a lot of movies now where we're like, oh, that character was a bit dull. Like, there was nothing to them. They don't have a personality. Every single character... Has their own unique personality in this trilogy. No, yeah. um, even if the the most minor characters, like you don't spend that much time with some of the fellowship, but even then, you can say their character, what their characters like, and yeah. their unique character features, which is yeah. which is really refreshing in after watching a lot of movies where that's definitely not present.
1: True, and, yeah. and full credit to Tolkien for actually coming up with that dynamic. Yeah, I think that's of, of like have, having having the chitty chatty hobbits, uh, you know, the really boisterous dwarf. In mean, the books, is not a comic relief. He's he's actually mm-hmm. very serious and battle uh, experienced. He's like a tank. Yeah. And uh, you know, and even Strider within
3: is, the Hobbits, they have their own personalities as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they. I can't remember how Tolkien described it, but it was like he actually separated each one's tendencies, and then he went down to saying, you know, like when they were in the midst of like Legolas and Aragorn talking about, you know, these these other concepts, they just couldn't relate. And Legolas is always got this third eye, he keeps seeing things that the other team doesn't see and like if he can feel the, the atmosphere and the emotion of the air. Like I remember one scene, I think it's in another movie but it's like A Red Sun Rises, blood has been spilt this night. Like that's yes. n- none yeah. of the other people are equipped with that connection to the environment or yeah. to the natural world and he is so it's like
0: He's always showing off, that
1: guy. Yeah, Taran, Taran <laughs> doesn't like. It's like, well, no one asked you Legolas like that. <laughs> he's just giving,
0: it, he's just giving it out information that no one needs.
3: He even tries to alpha um, Gandalf at one point in this. Remember? Mm, <laughs> in does. The,
0: w- when does he try and alpha? Remember,
3: remember in the mines, how they're, they're on the bridge thing, and then he's yep. like, Gandalf. <laughs> oh, i okay. yeah. again. I was like, none of that, mate. I'm going to kill myself of you. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, no. Is it? Is it the part where he's jumping? jumping? The part where he's jumping. Yeah. Not the part where he fights The Balrog. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in the Minds of Moria. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a great part. Yeah, that's the a great part. Minds of Moria, part. probably oh, the highlight of this movie, I yeah. reckon. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. so like heart racing. The action is non stop. I mean, well, initially the first half of it is very slow, very, very – you're kind of scared about what's going to happen. Is something going to happen? And then Pippin breaks all hell. All hell breaks is after Pippin uh, breaks the silence. But at, at, from that point onward, it's just a constant race to get out. And it just keeps escalating and escalating and escalating and the Balrog comes. Yeah. And that that's one of my favorite scenes when they're surrounded by goblins in the in in Delph completely about to get ruined by these goblins. And then suddenly they hear a roar and then all the goblins run away. And you just see this like orange light approach them. And then Gandalf is like slowly, he understands what it is. No one else knows what's going on. And all you notice is that Legolas has this ghostly white look on his face. And I think this is the genius of Peter Jackson. It's like he he knows the books. He's read the Silmarillion. He's read all the things about the fall of Gondolin and how the high elves were, you know, defeated by Morgoth. Balrogs attacked them. Imagine being a kid like Legolas growing up with, like, all these stories about how oh, your the, the your ancestors were destroyed by these de- demon beings called Balrogs. And now there's this one approaching and he's just, like, he doesn't know what to do. He's just frozen. And, like, Orlando Bloom plays that scene beautifully. It's The the, the, the tension building is perfect.
3: And this is his first acting credit.
1: Ah, true. Yeah. yeah. that's yeah. Real he only, yeah. I think he's, he blew up after this.
3: Yes. Yeah. They got pirates after this. And then he so, fell and okay. in. And nothing
0: after out. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: I think he actually auditioned for another role. I think it was like Faramir that he auditioned for, but um, he was unsuccessful for that, but then they called him back because they thought he was more suitable for Legolas. It's a good show-off, yeah. (laughs) 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 Maybe we can go through each character in the Fellowship. That might be a good way to sort of go go through this conversation. So we kind of talked about Frodo and Gandalf um, already and some of the hobbits, but Aragorn obviously, he ends up being...
0: Probably. The trio are the best characters. Aragorn, give Legolas, me Legolas. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, and he ends up being obviously in the third one, Return of the King, is actually
0: him. He's, He's probably the main. Frodo is kind of the main character, but I would say Aragorn's kind of equal billing with. I don't know if it's the same in the book. If Frodo in the is- books,
4: no. In the books, it is. It is very much a Frodo thing, but also it, it does jump around. Um, I think what J.R. Tolkien does well is that he doesn't establish a main character per se. Mm. Um, you could argue that it's Gandalf for a a fair bit of it. And then you could argue that Frodo takes precedence. You could argue it's Aragorn. And then you could argue, I think at one point, it's like there's a fair bit on just Gimli and like the dwarves and stuff. So, um, and then Samwise has a fair chunk attributed to him as well. So again, I, I don't think it's, it's really like a main character. Sort of situation, but it's not as loose as like Game of Thrones, for example, where it's like where every character no- has yeah. their own perspective. Yeah, but yeah, like you could you could definitely argue that that the story is effectively about uh, not only all the races, but about how men because it's 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 the age of men. That's what it's like leading all up to. Yeah. So yeah, Aragon is definitely like
0: I find his arc that. probably the most interesting in the
4: whole.
1: Yeah, yeah, trilogy. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. playing off that whole trope of the leader who does not want to lead. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's oh, really interesting. The reluctant. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say oh, actually in the books he did. No,
4: nah, in in the books I wouldn't say he doesn't want to lead. I think he's just weary of what happens when men go when power. his one his bloodline, but mm. also yeah, with everything that you have to remember, he was raised by elves. Yeah, and elves don't have the best fondness for men, especially Correct. Elrond. Yeah. So, you're raised by someone like that. You're going to have tendencies that men aren't the best people to to go around. That's why he ended up becoming a ranger and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, and
1: just to clarify for anyone's not familiar, when we talk about men, we're talking about the race of men in Lord of the Rings. Like, there's there's men, there's elves, there's dwarves. Not there's the hobbits. gender, not, not not the gender. So <laughs> this includes women as well, obviously. Yes, so yeah. It's just a nomenclature that Tolkien uses to refer to races. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it does it does? Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll quickly <laughs> touch on this
3: because the new show, I mean, for good or bad, they're they're introducing new races, so it's much more multicultural. But it never bothered me that this wasn't multicultural, to be honest. Because uh, you said it last time when we were watching last week when we were watching the movie that it's geographically specific. Like in this part of the world, there are white people. That's it. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah.
1: It was based off of European, uh, like Highland. High, high, it was a high fantasy based off of very European. Obviously, the Rolling Hills represent mm. what the Rolling Hills are in, you know, London and Ireland and Scotland. And this was medieval times. Well, the, the way that the story was written was to try and create a actual history of England. Like an ancient history because there was no uh, priest, there was no law of English law. Most of English law like King Arthur and stuff, we saw this in documentary, is attributed to the Normandy, to the Normans. So it's like the French. It's not actually English. So, and Tolkien actually does write, there are cities to the south. There are legions of countries to the east that have slightly Middle East and slightly African heritage. And this was what it, you know battle and, and kind of the high fantasy series was like so. When we watched it, it didn't seem like I, I'm pretty sure there was an era where we watched stuff, it was mostly whitewashed, it was not much anyway. Like, yeah, there was no if there was an Indian guy on in Lord of the Rings, I would have been like, That's weird,
3: that looks out of place. That's yeah. out of place. I yeah. don't like
1: this film. And <laughs> like, I, I'm not the kind of guy to be like, Oh, I see myself. I, I didn't need I saw myself in Frodo. yeah, I saw myself in uh, in 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 Boromir yeah. actually, he's my favorite character of, of the of Fellowship. I was like, I saw myself in all these characters because they were written so well. It didn't matter what color skin they were wearing. It was like, this is a high fantasy. If I'm reading about Lord of the Rings, it's probably going to be uh, someone who the author is trying to emulate or trying to grow up with. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess from my point of view, like, I don't think it matters what the race is. As long as the actor plays it well, then it doesn't really matter what race they are. Yeah, yeah. It's a fantasy novel. It's a fantasy novel. It's not based on anything real, anything real. Yeah. Yeah. So they can be whatever you want them to be, really. If it's based on an actual historical event and it's based off white people and you put a uh, an Indian guy in there, then that's obviously wrong. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Yeah. But with a fantasy novel, just pick the best person to play the uh, play the play the role. Yeah. Doesn't matter what uh race they are. Yeah. yeah.
3: Anyway, let's keep going. So, we've spoken about Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli. They're a bit of a team, uh, going forward, actually, in this movie. They're, they're all together, but,
0: um, it's a good trio, great trio. Yes. Oh, um,
3: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Especially the whole dynamic between Legolas and Gimli, how they're yeah, like, elves yeah. and dwarves don't get along.
3: And they're kind of, they kind of, you know. by the end of it, they're yeah. good friends. Yeah. And Not then even right Aragorn and Legolas, um, cause like you said, Aragorn was brought up by elves, so they have a bit of a connection. Just inherently, they have a connection. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think they both really respect each other as warriors as well. Mm. Whereas Gimli, uh, Gimli respects Aragorn, but not so much Legolas at, at the yeah.
1: beginning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he literally yeah. accuses him of wanting to take the ring for himself. <laughs> yeah. In the film, at least. I don't know about <laughs> how yeah. much the House of Auron
0: does. They have like kill races and stuff towards the end. And- yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. 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 And I'm, yes. I'm
1: pretty sure it, there was one scene in, in the extended editions in Fellowship. It was a beautiful moment where I feel like Peter Jackson wanted to show like Legolas is actually contemplating maybe elves and dwarves can get along. Maybe it can happen. And it's that scene where right after they leave Lorien and uh, you know Galadriel is giving everyone the gifts. Yes. Right? Yeah. And uh, in the extended edition, you actually see everyone getting a gift except for Boromir. Mm. Uh, in the theatrical edition, I think you only see Aragorn, Frodo, and someone else getting a gift, only three people. Yeah. This one, everyone gets a gift. Uh, you don't see Gimli getting anything. Legolas is with Gimli on the boat, they're riding, and then Legolas is like, what What did, do, what did you ask of her? And then Gimli's like, I asked for three golden hairs from the top of her head. I asked for one golden hair from her head, and she gave me three. And you just see Legolas kind of contemplatively smiling and going, they can go off the distance. It's like a completely, if anyone missed the reference, it's just another pass-by scene. There's so much significance behind that scene, though. It's because if you go back and read the history of, you know, Lord of the Rings and Silmarillion, really, it's that when Galadriel when. If you look, Fëanor, who created the Silmarils, is one of the High Elves. He modeled the Silmarils, which is a—I don't know how we describe it—like the the ancient jewels, just that jewels, recited. yeah, really just important gems, jewels with the, like gem which gems. had the power of the elements. He requested a golden hair from Galadriel three times because he modeled the jewels off her. He was infatuated with her. Technically, she rejected him three times, and for her to give Gimli three of her hairs is kind of to say, "Well, I'm giving you three times what this guy." ask me off and so i think legolas is contemplating he, he knows the story so his smile is like maybe we can get maybe dwarves and elves can get along if, she, if galadriel can recognize that one it's, it's it's such a cool little moment um and someone posted it on tumblr and it became viral and it's just like it's be- <laughs> these these gems are still being found today like all the little details that peter jackson put into them, yeah still being found today like small small little stuff yeah. that was a
3: good little moment yeah exactly. I, I didn't know about it until it's good that we watched it together because then i got that insight
1: yeah and, and like after that yeah. moment Like, Legolas actually tries to be more friendly around
3: Gimli. Gimli was always a bit hostile. Legolas wasn't really hostile, but you could tell that he didn't really like him either. Like, you could tell that they didn't like each other, especially in that when they first formed their fellowship, uh, so that they're, they're in rivendell and you know you've got you've got everyone meeting and um th- that scene is one of the best scenes as well mm. in, in this movie Gimli hits it with his axe and yeah. um, you know even in that scene you see, everyone starts fighting like you, yeah. you can see that the men start fighting the everyone like everyone, yeah. everyone everyone's yeah. just open yeah. open discord yeah. yeah yeah and even Gandalf's like getting in there as well and um yeah. and frodo is the one that stops it in the end but that's that's a that's a great scene. I guess because like an element of it was the fact that they're all royalty. Like if you look at all the fellowship
4: members, except the hobbits, obviously, but yeah. like Aragorn, future king, Boromir, is the son of the steward, the yeah. last prince of Merkwood, and Gimli is the nephew of Balin, Lord of Moria. It's like coming from highly opinionated and very privileged backgrounds, privileged, I suppose. Yeah. But it's like, that's where those arguments stem from. And it's where that, I think it's, it's where that kind of that bias might, may come from, at least with the elves and the dwarves. It's that if you, if you, and i guess the hobbit movies kind of touch on it i'm not sure if they do it too well but the fact that that opinion is so ingrained in them it's mm-hmm. like it makes sense because they come from that royal background where those opinions would be
1: like thriving yeah at
4: that at, at the heart so mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it, it touches on that idea of prejudice that transcends generations yeah because that that prejudice between elves and dwarves has been there since the older the older it is, which is like of thousands time. of years ago. Yeah. Since the dawn of time, yeah, since the dawn of time, and it's just like, how is this generational race prejudice continued on to this day? Uh, and and you see the the fallout of it, and even yeah. like Elrond is talking about men with, with disdain, like saying, "Yeah, men right. are weak. Yeah. You know, the age yeah. of men is over. Yeah. There's no hope in that line." Well, and right. it's like Gandalf is looking at it all, going, "You guys are squabbling sc- sc- like children." Yeah, there's even that yeah, scene yeah. where like, everyone's fighting. like as you argue, Sauron's power grows; you'll all be destroyed. Yeah. And he, he, no one's listening to him. Yes. So yeah. it's like it's really, it's really interesting to see that that um, it's very o- much
0: new world kind Definitely. of stuff. Definitely yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, is there's so many applicable
3: themes to today. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Yes, somehow it's become. I mean, it, I think it'll always be applicable to yeah. to stuff happening in the real world in some some way or another. It's interesting that you bring up that everyone is royalty. Um, this is going. I still remember this dialogue mm. going all the way to Return of the King. The very one of the very last scenes, there's like twenty last scenes in that, but one of the last no scenes where you.
0: no one no one, one bows them, to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: So the only non-royalty yeah. were the hobbits. And everyone's yeah. bowing to them. Yeah. So one uh, of
0: the twenty endings in that movie. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a
1: really nice emotional scene. Yeah. Boromir, Boromir. You about Boromir. Oh yeah. Boromir. Yeah. 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 Sean Bean.
0: He's yeah. When I was when I first saw it, I probably didn't appreciate the character as much. I'm like, oh, this guy's just a bit of a dick. But you, you see, you as you get older, you when you're younger, you want to be Aragorn. As you get older, you sympathise with the part of reckon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you you kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah,
4: he's um, one of those characters where I think the extended edition in Two Towers really shines a light on his background.
0: Yes. Well, the pressure that he has from his family. Yeah. To yeah, basically, and you see in the following movies, you see that. Well, he sees his yeah. father yeah. as
3: well. He's, he's, he's once you see
0: that, and then you come yeah. back to this, yeah. it has a greater effect as yeah. well because you're like, oh, okay, this guy was yeah under a whole load of pressure. He
1: was highly, yeah. he was a highly misunderstood character, and I I still feel this angst of like, what if he had lived, and he was with the with the four, like with you know Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, just going to Rohan, going to you know, like he he would he's a he's a wonderful warrior, he's a great. Fighter and a, and a, uh, he's quite a philosopher in the books as well. Philosopher, yeah. sorry. He has, he has really interesting thoughts, but he has his mortal weakness.
0: And I it's think, like, almost
1: yeah. like a Shakespearean weakness.
0: He just wants to be that person that, he, he wants to be the person that ends it all. He wants to be the hero. He wants to make his dad proud, essentially, but he'll do whatever it takes to even, get there. Yeah, even
1: more so. He, he's he's yeah. actually, his entire appeal of give me the ring so I can save my people. Is actually very noble and absolutely makes sense on paper. He just simply doesn't acknowledge that he has a weakness to this power. Yeah, that he can't see that it's going to drive him mad and and drive him to do things like he was going to kill Frodo. Like, yeah, straight up going to it was about to kill him, take the ring, and uh, he doesn't see that until it's too late.
3: And there is a, it's very subtle. Uh, you don't see much of it, but he obviously has a fondness towards. The other two
0: hobbits, um, Pippin and Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he dies trying to save them. Essentially, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. still to this day, that is one of the most heart-wrenching death scenes. Not because it's violent, it's just long, and it's just very, very emotionally, yeah, just distraught with emotion because he's still fighting when he's dying to the last breath. And uh yeah, that that final scene when Aragorn is talking to a dying Boromir. That's still today, that's one of my that's probably my favorite scene of that film. Just just because there's so many things that aren't like while he's talking, there's a choir singing in the background. The choir is singing actual lyrics from the book. And I remember I just wanted to read this out. What he what he says, I'll find it actually. You guys can continue talking. I'll come back to this point. But it's he, basically talking about how yeah, th- th- there is no lust for battle no one wants he, uh, no one wants to fight for glory it's that I, i'm fighting to defend that which is purest which is the innocence of the kids and the and the soldiers and stuff
3: on that scene actually because i think in the book Aragorn just finds him when he's dead right doesn't actually have that exchange yeah. and he doesn't actually fight the so firstly let's now that we're here let's talk about this character who's the the Uruk- the, Uruk- the leader
1: uh, what was his name? i
3: put Lurt. it in there. Lurts.
0: Yeah. Lurt. Lurt. This guy's fucking Jack. <laughs> <first> <laughs> off.
1: Jack. Amazing. Yeah. And played by uh, Lawrence Weyler. He's a he's a Maori stunt stuntman. Amazing actor.
3: That character is actually made for this movie. So that character didn't didn't exist in the books. So there was a lot of like hawks and rookies and stuff, but nothing like a I central
0: think they needed a villain. A central a central villain. Yeah, for yeah. This yeah. Movie. Someone they could yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the guy. Yeah, and they need yeah. to kill him off at the end. So he was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he knows the history of the Orcs. Yes.
3: <laughs> the, or, or the how the Orcs came to be.
0: How the Orcs came to be. Yeah. yeah. So that. there's a scene in the movie where just yes. after he's born, isn't it? Yes. Or yeah, like, man. yeah, after his yeah, crew, from, yeah. from the spawning yeah, pits in Isengard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, someone might ask him, do you know the history of the Orcs? Yeah. 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 He doesn't. Yeah. Well, he, he doesn't answer it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I blame him. He's only like he's four like he's only four. F- f- he's only five minutes <laughs> old. Yeah.
3: That's his expression. It's like, how would I know that? I don't know English, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I show that scene to my wife whenever she's like uh, trying to explain something to me that I, like, I don't know anything about. I'm like, that's you. And this is me. <laughs> 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 You're Saruman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that that guy obviously they introduced that guy, but he he plays a very effective role because he kills Boromir, and then uh, almost immediately you get you get released because Aragorn comes and fights him, and they mm-hmm. have a very good battle. Uh, and you were saying that one of the stunts was um was wasn't meant to be the way it turned out, but they they kept the scene anyway because he chucks a was it a blade or a, or like a his, dagger? His yeah. Dagger, yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah. this this was in the director's commentary, that's why I couldn't yeah. find it when we were going through it. Yeah, like the Lurt's... Picks up this dagger and chucks it straight at Vigo Mortensen, and it was not meant to be a direct throw. It was meant to be an off, off, like off-angle throw to kind of throw it in the direction. Then they would cut it, then reshoot another scene with the blade's flying close to Vigo and he kind of hits it out of the air. Mm. No, what happened was Lertz, the guy who played Lertz, he had prosthetics over his eyes. He couldn't see. He threw this knife, which was a metal prop, it wasn't sharp, but it was a metal prop. Threw it straight at Vigo Mortensen directly at his face. And then Vigo batted the knife out with his prop metal sword in midair on the first take. And it was like they they shot it and it wasn't this wasn't shot by Peter Jackson, it was shot by the second unit. Okay. So Peter Jackson didn't know about this. It was done by the stunt team. And so when they shot it and they filmed it, they did it one take, they ended it, and someone told Jack Peter Jackson like he actually hit the blade out of the air, and Peter's reaction was like, Oh, oh really? Like just amusement. Yeah. So it it comes off really well in the film. I it's Which just one of those. Say-
4: if that didn't happen, that, that could have been the end of that movie. Could have yeah. been the yeah. end of yeah. the, just trilogy the, if he the <laughs> end. actor for Lutz being on trial for killing Big morticians. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we
1: would have just seen like a small news article somewhere. What,
0: what's the uh, what's the guy? Alec Baldwin. Yeah, it could have yeah. been an Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, true.
1: Thank goodness mm. it wasn't. But mm. uh, that's just one of many stunt stories that are crazy. That's right.
3: Yeah. And the stuntman, or I think they had a key swordsman that was training all the, all the people in the fellowship. Yeah. Uh, and he said Vigor Mortensen was the best, best actor he's ever trained with, with a sword. So he, he took it very seriously. And he kept the sword as well. After, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He kept the yeah. like a, nice sword. In, in yeah.
1: the appendices, they were talking about when Viggo Mortensen was in character, he would, he would train at the gym with his swordmaster and in costume, he would carry the sword, go to a cafe, sit down, put the sword on the table. And order a meal and just eat. Like he would take it everywhere he went. It was in character, and ev- people yes. were just like, in you know, in Waitapu, <laughs> they were looking at what the hell is this guy? Yeah. You Why know, is he dressed like a medieval swordsman? Yeah. So he, he, well, he at least that was in New Zealand.
3: Thing. If he if he did that in
1: you know America, walking around with a sword, I don't know if he would have gotten away
3: with it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's open carry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: uh, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's cool to see the attention to detail these actors put into the, their roles, and um. Yeah, that fight scene with, with Lutz was was one of the really intense fight scenes, it's, and it's, it's kind of funny because I remember there being a lot of dismemberment and blood splurting. Like, he cuts his arm off. It's
0: Pretty bloodless, I think. Was no it, there was no splurting, right? Maybe yeah. we yeah.
3: we watched it when we were young. I remember thinking it was violent when when we were young. Yeah, but it's watching it now, it's yeah. it's not yeah. very
1: because that, yeah. that that's apparently the the line that tr- makes it MA fifteen plus. Yes, it doesn't need blood. Yeah, yeah, but there was lots of blood in Moria. Yeah, so I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I found that quote by the way. Yes. Um, so when this is when he he, he defeats Lurts, he goes and he runs and gets Boromir, and yeah, Boromir is just basically saying they took the little ones and the hobbits are gone. Merry and people are taken. I'll never, co- I'll never go back to my city, Minas Tirith. I'm never going to see my people again. And then uh, Aragorn's just like reassuring him, saying, "You know, don't worry. We will restore Gondor to its greatness." Like, that's when he, that's the first time he actually accepts, you know what? It, we will bring it back. Don't worry. He kind of makes a promise to him. And then in the background, the choir is singing in Elvish. And no one picks it up, but they, the lyrics are I do not love the sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I only love what they defend. And the real kicker is in the book, those lines were said by his little brother, Faramir. Ah, so they okay. brought that back in. And that, that, that's such an amazing little callback. That, that, that's really like that kind of hits home as to what the ethos of the of the warrior was in in Tolkien's universe. It wasn't bloodlust. That's what the Urukai was. They were just fighting for bloodlust. So that's not what these guys were doing.
3: While we're on the matter of uh, takes that that weren't meant to happen but they ended up keeping, it's not as impressive as Vega Mortensen's one. But when Gandalf hits his head in in the when he comes to Hobbiton, oh, in Bag End, in Bag End, uh, that was unscripted. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yep, Ian McClellan hit his head and he just he kind of kept acting. So he, he's like so that that owl that he says, which is quite quite a big owl, it was a it was a of actual pain. He was in I can't imagine <laughs> the
1: suffering he must have gone through. Because <laughs> they had to build two bag ends, one to scale that to, that made Gandalf appear giant, and one that was made for um uh, Ian Malcolm, I believe, the guy who played Bilbo. Yes. To yeah. look a normal size. Yeah. And also yeah, Elijah Wood. Yeah, a lot of nice camera work, filmmaker. Like I told you, this, this is a, a, a this is a mastery in filmmaking. This this movie. If yeah. you ever wondered what it's like to be a director, just watch this film.
3: I actually wanted to touch on something you said when we were watching mm. last week around Aragorn giving certain blades to the hobbits, yes, and how yes. he had potentially had foresight. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: that's right. Yeah. yeah, so um, it's not like I remember. I remember reading about this, and it was it was saying that so on. For context, when they reach Weathertop, Ara- uh, Aragorn or Strider, as he's known then, he's he's leading the hobbits to Rivendell. They decide to camp at Weathertop or Amansul, as it's known, um, for the night. He's going to go get some food and just do a perimeter check, but he gives them each a, uh, like a, a dagger for him, but swords for the hobbits, given how small they are. And there was a note that, uh, he may have had foresight, um, uh, which may have come from his Numenorian blood because he ends up giving Pippin a sword from Gondor that he had with him, or like one of his daggers, and he ends up giving Merry a sword from Rohan that he got. These are swords that he had in his travels and that he he brought with him. And I'm not sure if, if uh, Frodo and Sam's swords were from any distant regions, but the fact that he gave those swords to Merry and Pippin, there's a theory that he may have had a slight bit of foresight, whether that's from being raised by Elrond, who had foresight, or whether it's from his Numenorian blood, don't know, but it was a good little, um, good little note. It sort of yeah. leads to this thing about how I think J.R. Tolkien spoke about this, but a mystery that is unsolved or is not known can sometimes be better than the known. So a lot of his, a lot of the mysteries in Lord of the Rings are open ended. Yeah. yeah. Um, open to and, interpretation. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's perfectly fine as well. Like we learn that, that Gandalf, Saruman, and Radagast were not the only wizards sent down. There were two others, but we just don't know what happened to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's just it's just interesting to say that there are things out there that even Tolkien didn't really know. Maybe he did, but yeah. It's fine, like it's okay it's to have like a mystery the open.
0: Opposite yeah. of the uh, Star Wars universe where everything <laughs> yeah. has to be explained to the team. <laughs> yeah. And like everyone needs a backstory. Yeah, exactly. Some guy in the background. In, like a shot, yeah. he has <laughs> yeah. like a Two book backstory. Yeah. 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 Or bloody
4: Harry Potter with <laughs> the Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, down. where every character
0: needs, every character every needs, a, back character backstory. needs a stupid backstory. Except that guy yeah. in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to that? Yeah. <laughs> I, but, I, we died. we yeah. don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's, it's like, but the original Star Wars. Was that it had that the open, original Star Wars ob- did have that? The open mystery, and, yeah, and that's what yeah, this this feels like the yeah. original Star Wars, yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of mystery, people are asking questions, and yeah, yeah, but then,
0: yeah, as subsequent stuff came out, everything, yep. yeah, yep. but the original, like especially New Hope, is very much like that, yep, yeah, exactly. I
3: just wanted to ask a question because this, I mean, it's still, I still have a question about this. Yep. So, uh, at the end, when the fellowship does get disbanded, mm. so obviously Gandalf dies. Uh, supposedly dies, and then Boromir dies. Aragorn, Legless, Gimli, they go to look for Pippin and Merry because they've been captured. Why do they just let Frodo and Sam leave?
0: Because Frodo doesn't want – he wants to do it by himself because he feels like if he has anyone around him, they'll be drawn to the ring and they'll ruin it, so – He's like, I have to do it by himself. Do myself. it by himself. Yeah. yeah.
3: And that's from his his exchange with Boromir, I'm guessing. That's no, with
0: Galadriel. His exchange with Galadriel.
3: Yeah. Cause then, yeah. well, Galadriel yeah. warns him, right? And then
0: But he already makes a decision there, and then Boromir kinda kind of, kind yeah. of it even yeah. goes
1: as early as Gandalf. Because Gandalf tells him trust in yourself. Yeah. And it's just that kind of sense of like trust your instincts. He was trying to tell him to trust his instincts. But Frodo took it to be like, you know, just Take the responsibility all on your own shoulders yes. to the point where even he was just gonna he was gonna gonna go solo without Sam Uh and Sam. Forces I think himself. it was more credit yeah. to Sam to say you know I I don't care I'm coming with you because um,
0: of a promise he made to Gandalf. Oh, yeah, so I have a theory yeah. about Sam. This someone may have already said this is, and this may be completely untrue. Mm-hmm. But it, is there like? Homosexual undertones with Sam and Frodo. I, I, this might be totally. Doesn't he? Totally he
3: marries someone after they get back to the show? I reckon. Yeah. Until that
0: part, I would say that day. No, th- uh,
1: this this was a massive discussion in in
3: the
0: movies yeah.
1: because un- until the movies were released, there was no discussion of this team because the books didn't, didn't make it seem like that. Yeah. Uh, the relationship dynamic that has to be understood though is that Sam was Frodo's gardener, so there's kind of a so in in Bag End. You know how we said that all the members were royalty except for the hobbits. Technically, Frodo was of royalty of the Hobbit Town because Baggins he's like a wealthier. Is one of the wealthiest families, and and uh, you know that Baggins is the biggest house in in the Shire, right on top of the hill, right. So Samwise was a gardener who's considered like his station was one level below the the Baggins, right. So the Gamges were kind of the you know the 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 gardeners, the workers are on the same. They're on the same level as the proud that's how Tolkien describes those there was a bit of classism and that kind of stuff. Mm. So Sam always revered Frodo as like that master friend who he really wants to protect. That's why he calls him Mr. Frodo. Yes. Doesn't call him Frodo or Mr. Baggins.
3: Even till even in like the third movie he's calling him Mr. Frodo, I
1: think. Yeah. 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 Th- there's yeah. that reverence. Yeah. So that reverence comes across like this um uh this this kind of it's not a servitude. It's more so of a a friendship that's born out of a need to say, you know what, I am someone who's going to be useful to you. I'm going to be a a a productive member of your team, and I'm going to help you directly. And I made a promise to you know, Mister Gandalf, and I'm going to help you. But I still think Sam loves Frodo. I think think they both love each other. They they love each other, but not all love how they
0: love each other. Yeah, like not all love
1: has to be this kind of overtly erotic. No. Form. Yeah. This yeah. one, like when I watched the film, I'm like these two love each other so much. It's like respect of. You, you can know. be friends and. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, like, I, I think they're more than friends. They're like brothers. They're like they're like brothers. They they yeah. they actually kind of uh, they know what this is about. This is a really important task. But I, Sam yeah. admires Frodo and he loves his qualities and he wants to keep. He wants to bring him back home alive. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, but at the same time, you can see Sam having this conflict with Rosie. Like, he's too scared to ask Rosie out for, you know, for a dance, and he's like, oh, maybe I'll
0: have another just, rail. If you just watch this movie, I reckon, I reckon you would think that Sam is in love with Frodo because-
3: Is that the time we
0: live in, though? Because
3: back then, I never thought that,
0: but yeah. maybe- Well, yeah. just watching it now, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Sam is in love with Frodo.
1: Yeah, yeah. If but- you watch it today, especially after, like, Stranger Things and how they're kind yeah. of just trying to show that feeling of- Well, how does it feel like for someone to be completely isolated and not being able to show the unrequited love they have for their best friend? I absolutely understand. People watching it today will definitely feel that way. And you know what? I reckon it could be open to interpretation. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it wasn't that. I'm just saying that the way I saw it was this really nice, brotherly uh, love. The the hilarious thing was Dom Monaghan, who plays Mary, played a prank on uh, Elijah Wood during the media junket when he was interviewing it and – Dom pretended to be like a German interviewer, and you couldn't see him. He was behind a video telecast. And he brought this question up in a German accent saying, is there a gay connotation? And you should watch that interview because Elijah yeah. would just completely burst out laughing and tells him, no, no. I mean, you know, Sam is married and also, you know, uh, the, the actor who plays Sam and all that, we're, we're all family men and we all have. <laughs> it's like it was a really interesting thing at the time to see how they addressed that issue or even the topic of it. Today it would be completely different. Much more respectful conversation. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's open
0: to interpretation. Yeah, Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. It's like the way Lurtz loves Saruman. Love Saruman, and our Saruman. I think that's one way. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like because Saruman is leading Lurtz on, and Saruman is leading Saruman on. Yeah, it's yeah. like that episode of How I Met Your Mother when it's you a have, love triangle, yeah. but it's
0: just a lie. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There's actually there's a there's a lot of wonderful bromances in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah uh, that's that you time. you can take yeah. to the <laughs> end of it, the- like like <laughs> just one, <laughs> like like it was with with Boromir and uh, Merry and Pippin, yeah. and then later on with Pippin and Gandalf, and then uh, just in general, Legolas and Aragorn. Aragorn just fuck yeah, already, yeah. <laughs> just just get a room already. Their mm-hmm. their chemistry just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, it's so good.
4: But yeah, like to answer your question though, like so in the books, I'll, I'll say this though, in the books, the plan was never for all of the fellowship to go to Mordor. Mm. It was for Frodo to go to Mordor. And Elrond literally chose everyone based on two things. One, convenience for where they were actually traveling after Mm -hmm. the Council of Elrond. And also to have one representative from the Free People's. Yeah. So, he chooses Legolas Gimli. Boromir is going to Minas Tirith anyway. Aragorn's going to Minas Tirith. So, like, yeah, we'll we'll journey along as well. And Gandalf accompanies because he wants to help Frodo along. So, the plan was never for all of them. To go, to to go yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But shit goes down the hill when when Gandalf falls down in Moria. Yeah, Aragorn has to take lead and then after Merry and Pippin get taken, he literally makes a decision. He's like, "Look, I, I can't leave Merry and Pippin to get executed, so we're, we're going to go." And Frodo's made his choice. So to be fair, Frodo's pretty old at this point. He's like fifty years old during the actual yeah. the journey. So ages so. in
0: this universe are weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. V- very weird.
4: So how
3: yeah. old yeah. is? Uh, Gandalf? Like thousands of years? Thousands. Two
1: thousand, thousands. three thousand years He old.
4: travels... He comes to thing in the third age. So in terms of
3: age... So Gandalf's oldest in yep. fellowship. So Gandalf's then oldest, Legolas. Then, Legolas. then Legolas? Then
4: Legolas.
0: Then Legolas. Oh, well, in
4: terms of the fellowship, Gandalf, Legolas. Yeah. And in then... Aragorn. No, I think Aragorn. Aragorn's like 90.
0: Aragorn's 90 no. years old? Yeah. Uh, oh my God, he holds up. What 87?
4: 87. 87. and two towers. So 85. What, what did they he's feed a, that guy? He's a, a Numenorian. So the yeah. Numenorian men were blessed with long life because mm-hmm. of the way they stood with a faction of the elves back in the old ages. The Noldorian I think, elves. We'll uh, I can't remember the name of the elves, yeah. but they stood with a faction of the elves and Fionor blessed the Númenórean men with long life. Okay. So that blessing lasts through the generations. Yeah, yeah. But he's which like is why- one of the
1: last of that bloodline. Like, yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. Like the rest are probably like out in Valinor or yep. if they traveled out there. I mean, or- but
1: Boromir and Fermi they' descended off that branch, but they don't have that Dunedain blood.
0: So Boromir would be like 30, wouldn't
1: he? Yeah, Boromir would yeah. be like 30 or 40, yeah.
0: 30, yeah. 35. So, so yeah. is, he te- is he the
3: youngest, almost? He might be, yeah.
4: Boromir so yeah.
0: yeah. is younger than the hobbits. Yeah,
4: so Merry and Pippin are about, I think they're 10 years younger than Frodo, so 40 each. Because the thing about the books is that from Bilbo's party, when he turns 111, Frodo turns 33 at that party. And then... It's seventeen years from then before Frodo actually leaves the Shire on his travels to go to Rivendell. Yeah.
1: so and he's fifty We were commenting on this
3: last week, where it feels like it's like a week. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, Gandalf yeah. leaves
1: the Shire, yeah. goes to Minas Tirith, yeah, checks out the documents on the Ring, verifies what it is. Then he rides up to the boundary of Mordor to see what's going on yeah. and he rides back. And it's like- He, he
4: comes back to, to the Shire a fair bit though in the books. Like, it's literally three years. Does mm. his thing. Comes back to the Shire over and over and again over the period of like, I'd say two years, I think. Maybe nine months. And then he goes for another nine years out and then does all that stuff with Aragorn with and Gollum and stuff. Then comes mm. back. Mm. So a lot of stuff happens. But yeah, basically, I think Boromir is actually the youngest yeah. out of and that Gimli entire- Gimli would
0: be older than the Hobbits?
4: Gimli- I Gimli. Gimli could be the youngest. No, no, no. I, I think Gimli is four, Oh maybe. Because, maybe, because maybe. When, the, when, the hobbit,
1: when the Hobbit happens, Gloin, Gimli's father, mm. just gives he, he he announces he has a baby boy. So I'm pretty sure Gimli's the youngest. Maybe. You might be right. Like, I think he's like in his twenties ah, the time okay. he's, but, okay. but, he, but he already has a full beard and yeah. he looks like yeah. he's middle-aged. But the, the thing about like the whole hobbit idea about the hobbits being like 50 years old but still middle-aged is that they live such wonderful, stress-free lives with plenty that's of food and so. yeah. full of nature. So it's like, well, yeah, they, they live to be long age. But they're also only like modeled off these mythical creatures that we see in European folklore, like leprechauns or things like. They're only four feet tall. They're not really noticeable. If they're walking around the nature, you'll double, you do a double take thing. Is thing. Was that a person I just saw? So that's why they were chosen to be the ones to actually sneak in and destroy the ring. And I think, I'm not sure, you can maybe clarify this, Part of that, Elrond secretly kind of knew that if Frodo was going to do it, he wasn't going to come back alive. That he was going to die doing this because it's it's such a it requires so much stealth, and it, the whole idea was to do it stealthily, because you know the Eye of Sauron, even though in the books it wasn't a fiery ball of of you know, consciousness, it's that thing that Sauron can see you if you are you know if you have an army and you just walk up to the Black Gate. Saying I'm going to destroy the ring, I have it here. He's not only going to bring the force to get you, but he's going to see you all the way before you leave your castle. So it's like that's why whenever someone says, "Why couldn't they just use the eagles to fly into Mordor and just dive bomb into it and like you know plant it off?" I get this question all the time from fans, and it's like that would have meant that Sauron would have seen this from yeah. like 10,000 10, steps away. So it's he like, had to
3: get close enough. To be able to do that, essentially. Well yeah. even
1: if you got close enough, like let's say you pass the mountain ranges of Mordor and you had a eagle mount and you got Frodo in the claws on his crane or something, whatever, and you flew the eagle straight towards the mountain. The idea was that at that point itself there were Nazgul on fell beasts with wings who could protect the you know any aerial assaults. Yeah, so even then it wouldn't So have been- it was like it's it's like there is the will of the ring is connected to the holder. And is also Sauron's will. So if you're doing something, pretty much, it's like Sauron kind of knows you're coming. Yeah. But if you do it, if the only the, the the only creature that could resist was a Hobbit, the most know,
3: unlikely as, of uh, of yeah, and it's like it. if yeah. if you're
1: sneaking around with the ring, it's like it's really hard to detect it. So yeah.
3: and not only like the the actual getting to the place, but the emotional toll and the mental toll of actually carrying the ring for that long.
1: We see fun. what happens to, yeah. to Frodo, and, yeah, towards yeah. the end of that. just okay. devastating.
4: Just yeah. correct, Gimli's one hundred and thirty nine. In the books, Oh, Holy okay, sure. yeah, there you go. so he's a lot older. Uh, P- Peregrine so is the youngest, so Pippin is twenty-eight. Pippin. Merry is thirty-six. Boromir is forty in the books mm, when he leaves. Yeah. Gimli is one hundred and thirty-nine because I, I think there was something about dwarves having longer lifespans. I think they live between two to three hundred years. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Legolas like is just very old. No one really knows how old. Aragorn eighty-seven. Gandalf about two thousand years, and then Samwise is about thirty-eight, okay. and Frodo is fifty. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah interesting yeah. makes sense yeah a bit of an age gap between Frodo and Sam don't mm. know if we can uh... 12 years yeah yeah it's, it's alright mm. it's not bad yeah Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: What, what's that formula half your age plus uh, 7 7
0: so 25 plus 7 <laughs> 32 hey it's just one year off uh, yeah close enough close enough to date though. It's <No, he's laughs> 6 years off he's
4: 38 yeah
0: no, it's good if he's older. It's fine. It's only if it's younger. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's dodgy.
3: Dodgy either way. For my opinion. What about Lurts and Saruman? <laughs> Lurts well, and Lurtz Saruman. Is five minutes old. <laughs> <laughs> Saruman's <laughs> like two thousand something years old. Let's not go there. <laughs> right, let's do the formula. <laughs> uh All right, so. Anything else? I-, I had some trivia that we can go through before we conclude.
4: I mean, if we want to finish off characters, yeah. Legolas, Gimli, I and then the Hobbits. Just
0: Mary Pippin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Potter, yeah? yeah. 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 yeah.
4: Mary and Pippin. There's not much to really say. Like, yeah. They're they're just too much in this one. In this yeah.
0: one, there's not as much yeah. To, yeah. to talk about for them. Like, they're, they're more they're- comedic relief in this. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, they're good, they're good support characters yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Pippin with the mage killer assist after Moria. <laughs> Killing Gandalf. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, actually, one thing about Moria. So, in the books- Gandalf wants to go to Moria, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's but, like-
3: Whereas in this, he's very reluctant and they're forced to go to Moria. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot more- In the books, he's a lot more like open to the idea yeah. of going through Moria because mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's- the, the thing about- The movie does this actually pretty well. It's like Gandalf- he he knows a lot of stuff, but it's like a distant memory really for him. It? Yeah. So it's like every time, even the Balrog comes up, he's like, I, "I know what this is," but he's trying to figure out, like, trying to remember what he knows about it. And even the password to get into the yeah. lines as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that was him
1: in the end. It's he like, like it everything
4: out, yeah. is a distant memory for him. And hmm. in the books, it's it's made clear that from what I remember, that the the sacking of Moria had not yet reached his his ears. Whereas in this, it's kind of like. He almost kind of knows. He knew it. He kind of like, like hints went, he that went. he knows. Something yeah, bad he, happened he in yeah. their minds, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he- it, Like, it's, it's
3: not the first course of action, but yeah. he's a lot more open to the idea than he is in the movies. And Another thing, so I always- Like, whenever they're getting chased or they're, they're doing something, some reason Frodo always ends up last. Mm. It's and I, I don't know. I think there might be a reason for it. I think maybe the ring- just forces him. Like they talk about the ring as it's not an object, it's it's an entity. They always say yeah, the ring, it's, it's an entity. Yeah. The yeah. ring made him do this, or the yeah. ring. So it, it's, it's got some sort of power yeah, associated yeah. with it. I mean, it, it, it yeah. has
1: properties to kind of change size, to slip off your finger if you're in the water, or like you do a and, and he got killed because of yeah. it. I, I'm thinking it, it can even get heavier and lighter. Yeah. Let's say if you're being chased by an enemy, it might get heavier to try and drag you back. Yeah. To yeah. try and get you caught because then you would go back to, That's my favorite go back to in the favorite scene and movie.
0: The power they sold Jacked by a bunch of random yeah. orcs. <laughs> <laughs> some, some random dude just jumps, <laughs> jumps him, <laughs> yeah. and then he it's decides like to go like, for a swim. It's like he got mugged on a New York street. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> he's on his way to the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I think that's. Was there anything else on?
1: On on characters, yeah, characters wise, I think we've yeah. covered um, characters wise. I mean, we can talk about wise.
3: Saruman. Obviously, he's, talk about villains, yeah, he's bad. Oh yeah, yeah, played yeah. by
1: Christopher Lee, who uh, like we were talking just on the yes. Before, so he's, um, he's very very talented. The,
3: one of the biggest uh, Lord of the Rings fans, so he's he read the book every year till mm-hmm. he he died, and also he is the only one that has met J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, uh, out of the cast members,
1: and yeah. I think when he initially was auditioning, he he was auditioning for the role of gandalf because he thought he'd play a really good gandalf and i was i think peter jackson said that chris Lee has an amazing booming voice and that he wants he wanted to use that for saruman and he actually yeah. like initially chris Lee was a little bit disappointed but he actually he loved stepping into that role and i think he uh he took that on really really well there's a wonderful war story that chris Lee shares that's appropriate for return of the king okay Putting a page in that, or we'll, we'll talk we'll
3: about it once that. we do Return of yeah. the King.
0: But he it's... doesn't do as much in this movie as well. He does more in yes. the following movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And we'll talk about it in in the next couple of movies, but I'm pretty sure in the theatrical version you don't
0: actually you don't see it. him no. die. No. No. no,
3: you
1: don't. Yeah. You don't know yeah. what happens to him. He's just like, yeah. oh, Saruman's power. We'll <laughs> he just yeah. stays in the tower. Uh, yeah. I think yeah.
0: you just see Isengard fall, yeah. but you yeah. don't see what happens to him.
1: You just see Tribuid going, you know, the filth of Saruman is washing away. All right, that's that. Yeah, but in
0: the... In the Extended, you he's definitely dead. You see it. a bit of <laughs> Yeah, yeah no you doubt. You see the dam break in the theatrical. You yes. You see the dam break. That's two towers. Yeah, that's two it. towers. Yeah. It's two yeah. towers. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it, it's two towers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, you, see, you yeah. see all that happening. Yeah. yeah.
4: He gets his chiropractic treatment in Return of the King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get talk to about, about yeah, that Yeah, I don't I'm trying to
4: think about in the books. I remember, like, the reason he turns evil is is done somewhat well in the movies. I remember in the books, it was mentioned that his his task set by the Maya, like the reason he was sent down was to study Sauron and like to study the, I don't want to say dark arts, but to study the dark arts. Yeah. And that's he starts to admire it. And that's like, gets that's the
1: start of the fall. Yeah. 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 He starts so. to logically list saying, well, he's the most powerful entity left in the world. I want this. I should align with him. Yeah. Like he just makes a logical thing. Like, oh, that starts. That's-
4: oh, I don't know if he, I don't know if it goes from that, that but it goes from like, studying Sauron's, like... like like, Following it. Like, following it, realising that it's actually quite beautiful, in his words, Mm. and then starting to, you know... It's kind of like Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Really wanting alerts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then he makes it. Well, a bit of trivia on this, actually, and we've already mentioned Star Wars, Mm. but uh, Christopher Lee played a similar role in the Star Wars prequels, in which he played Count Dooku, who was a Jedi who turned to the dark side. Um, mm. and he's an apprentice to Darth Sidious, so
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, basically the same role. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. The question is, does, does he ask anyone if they know where the history of no, the Sith? I don't yeah. think
0: he asks anyone the history of the Sith. Eddie, you know where the history of the <laughs> Sith? <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, the history
0: of Orcs. So. Unfortunately, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't ask anyone about history. So this role trumps Count Dooku. Yeah. This, is what, this is like- oh, like the one's
3: like attack the failed.
1: Okay, no, he does. Count Dooku trains in Clone Wars. He trains Darth Maul's brother. And I know who he is. Oh, Lurts. You know? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> he's basically Lertz. He's this big, 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 like,
0: rude, uh, yellow dude. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, dude. And yeah, yeah, there's a moment like that. It's like, do you know what the rule of the Sith is? And he's like, it's rule, too. <laughs> 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 he actually does this.
0: <laughs> no, uh, that guy's not as good as Lurts, though. He's no. yellow. He's, yeah. he's cool, but Lurts is a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. That's just mm. sexy.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, what other villains are, it's pretty much just... In this, it's actually just Saruman. It's literally right? just Lurt's Saruman, Saruman uh, the Balrog, you could yeah. say, is a, is a, is a villain. Balrog, um, yeah. um, oh, the Ringwraiths, of course. Yes. Nazgul. Yeah, yeah we didn't that talk about them. that. The, oh, yeah, um, it's a big one, yeah. Yeah, they... Obviously, in the first half of this movie, they play a pretty prominent role. The scene they have with Aragorn, where he fights them. Mm. Uh, the, the way that scene happens is funny as well. It's uh, it's not meant to be funny, but they, they have a fire and yeah. basically lures them. Lose them in. and Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, you know that area where they're cooking sausages and having the fire? That's not a set. That was shot on the mountainside in North uh, North New Zealand. You know that the whole structure of the mountain where Aragon looks and says, I'm on so." The only thing that's not real is that the very top of the mountain where they've added in a little bit of the, the structure, yeah. they film everything on that mountain. And then when they do where the top itself, that's the studio. When they actually mm-hmm. do the ring reds fighting the yeah. puppets, that's in the studio. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. really the location – Locations were amazing in this film. No. Like yeah. I can't, I can't speak more highly about that.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good scene.
1: Oh yeah. Well, yeah, again, now shanked. that you mention
3: that, it's it's a real location. The lighting that they have in that scene is, considering it's a real location, it's yeah, amazing, it's amazing. That, yeah. how they how they did that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole nighttime. A lot of I think a lot of nighttime shots are more convincing for CGI to play a part in when they do do it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Especially so, yeah. That that's a quality of this movie is that they do do most of the CGI at night. Which yeah. makes it less noticeable. Yeah, age is much better. Age is yes. much better. If you see daytime CGI from that era, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I mean, what's a movie that came out in two thousand one? That- Harry Potter. Yeah, and that I saw that recently. It doesn't. Look as good. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man was 2002. So, 2002. Yeah. yeah, so circa. Same as sort of Two Towers. Yeah. Sort of, the Quidditch yeah. scene in Harry Potter does not hold up. Yeah. yeah oh, a lot cool. of it doesn't. You know when they walk into Diagon Alley and the bricks kind of. Yeah. yeah. That mm. looks, you can tell. Yeah. yeah.
4: The moment you upscale some of those movies to 4K, you can really tell. But this one. Yeah. It still, still holds up. Yeah. Still yeah.
0: Can't, they yeah. hide the CGI in the dark. They use real yeah. sets. Yeah. Yeah. Good uh, costuming Three, and. Yeah. Uh, makeup yeah Yeah. very like analog
1: style filmography yeah Yeah. really old and and the the miniatures or the bigotures they used to call it because the miniatures were so big in this film they used to call them as i think that's that's the most monumental uh device they use in this film because it ages flawlessly like there's that one shot when they're going down the river and they approach the agronath which is two statues of the numenorean kings and they actually made 10 foot tall styrofoam statues for that so they use the miniature, and they film the reference shots, and then when they put it in the film, it looks real. It looks like it's a giant mountainside statue, and it's like there's a certain realism to something that's actually physically there, even if it's like not to scale. The art the, 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 for, for a certain period of time, that art was lost. People stopped doing that; they just went straight CGI. Graphics sucked between the like 2005 to 2009. It was terrible. Okay. CGI was like a CGI dark ages. It just people stopped doing that. You go back and watch Lord of the Rings now; it's just like that stuff is really. It looks the detail is still amazing. I think just
3: the the attention to detail in this trilogy is just astounding. I don't think we've seen anything like it since mm. since then. Yeah, um, so the MCU. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> MCU is. It, it's I think good. C, CGI wise. It, we can talk about this in another, in, in another episode, but M- MCU, I think.
0: Oh, the CGI is not good in MCU. I you think know, I think it, no, I think it was it better on. when they
3: started yeah. than it is now. Yeah, it, get, it yeah. gets
0: worse as it goes
3: on. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have to see how those MCU movies stack up in twenty years' time. I don't think they'll stack up that well.
0: I think they'll be good story
3: wise. Story wise, right? but yeah. yeah,
1: you know, yeah. What? I suppose people aren't buying 4K Blu-rays anymore. They're streaming. Yeah, and streaming really reduces the quality of the of what you see.
3: All right. A- anything else? I've got. We can run through a bit of uh, trivia. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, what do you think the body count was in this movie? Oh, people who died. Yeah. Does Wolf. the orcs count? Yeah. Everything kind. orcs, <clears throat> including Gandalf. Okay. So someone's actually. One
0: thousand two hundred twenty-four.
3: No.
1: Oh, you got to count all the.
0: prologue. you got to count the guards at the start. Yeah, the prologue scenes, right? Yeah.
1: Of
3: yeah. Over- well, I don't know. Actually, this seems a little low. <laughs> when you take all <laughs> that? It's, it's, it's probably not the at the Prologue.
0: Well, it's got to be in the thousands.
3: Yeah, so it's not in the thousands. So okay. someone's uh, done it. Yeah, this is not an IMDb official.
1: I'll, I'll guess 141. I'll Close. guess... <laughs> oh, okay, shit. Yeah, it's,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's 118, apparently.
1: Okay, that sounds yeah, like non, non- non-Prologue. Non-Prologue, <laughs> <laughs> Non-Prologue, yeah. yeah. Or non flashbacky
3: Yeah. Bullshit. How many Urukai were there? Well, I guess they don't really kill that many of them, right?
0: It's... This- I mean, yeah. They wouldn't have counted the ones at the start because at wouldn't the start have, yeah. they kill like
2: they yeah.
0: kill so many. Yeah,
2: yeah. But so we so we see at
1: least I think at one time we see at least thirty or forty on the screen. There must have been like a, I don't know, fifty to seventy urukai. Yeah, in that first wave.
3: Yeah. So they've done it for every movie. So we'll see what happens
1: in the. I'm oh. pretty sure
3: Return of the King is.
1: That's going to be pretty talented. big. <laughs> yeah, two towers will be.
0: Ten thousand. Helps
3: deep, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of math. So we've talked about the how they filmed it with the, the different heights. So yeah. in some of the scenes, uh, Ian McKellen would stand really close to the camera, so it looks mm. like he's tall. Yeah. And yeah. then the they would the hobbits would stand further back. Further back. The
1: scene in the cart when like Frodo jumps in the cart.
3: It's a little kid that. that oh no no in-
1: it's it's larger wood, but the cart isn't a whole structure. Like the camera's on the diagonal. Ian McKellen's sitting up front, and then the cart is like cut in half moved back, move right, and f- Elijah Wood is sitting further away, but it looks like they're sitting right next to each other on the same cart. So, like, they, they, the sets were constructed with an angle in mind and, like, angle projection. So uh, really old-school tricks, old-school yes. tricks that yeah. Peter Jackson learned from doing his filmmaking. And it doesn't look out of place. It looks pretty legit. They did get miniatures as well. Uh, sorry, uh, they did get scale doubles as yep. well, and there's – um. Yeah. Miniatures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> miniature <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, Kieran Sharp was the one they got for Frodo. Um, and he, he went on to do a lot of stuff for Warner Brothers afterwards. He's um, the Yeah. He's the in Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Another guy called BK, who was uh, another Indian fellow. But two Indian guys, a Thai woman and a 12-year-old kid play Pippin
3: did you know that Peter Jackson gave one of the rings used in the movies to Elijah Wood and Andy Serkis as a gift when the shoot finished they both thought that they had the only one
1: I heard about this <laughs> yeah I, he, he, he didn't tell that there were two made <laughs> Wow, I bet there them. was a third that was made but hidden in secret
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he probably has it he probably his um, cock ring despite playing I was about to say
0: I was going to say, it's probably on his dick. Yeah. Yeah. One ring to rule. Really. <laughs> yeah.
3: This is. Now I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Keep, edit out everything else. Keep only that part. Keep that, out. Yeah, yeah. That's our review. Yeah, there'll be a, a, a reel that goes out on, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I'll red, band, find, red band trailer. i just have to find uh, relevant footage. That's
4: all. <laughs> oh, I can get you something. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right, yeah. all right uh, despite playing the dwarf, John Rhys-Davies is the tallest actor who, yeah. of all the members in The Fellowship, so he's six foot one. Okay. Oh, oh no way. way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know that? I
4: did not know he was the he's tallest. tall as hell, yeah. Tall than Ian McKellen. Yeah, he's tallest crap. Yeah.
3: Is, is Ian McKellen actually? He's tall? not actually that tall. Yeah. And
4: there's a lot of tricks played to make him look really tall. Oh, he's got Because yeah.
3: he always seems to, like, even when he's Magneto, he looks like he's really tall, but I don't think he's mm-hmm. actually that tall. Originally, the, narr- the narration at the prologue was to be spoken by Elijah Wood, and then it was going to be Ian McKellen. But then they chose Kate Blanchett because she would have act- her character would have been there at that time. Yeah, she oh, was, yeah, Yeah, yeah. And Gandalf, they thought it wouldn't have been as relevant if it was if it was Gandalf saying it, and obviously yeah. Frodo saying it wouldn't have really made much sense. Yeah, yeah. should have had <laughs> Lord saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually that's, thought that's he that's didn't that's know how hard, to talk, maybe. but. He doesn't does know. Have a dog? No, he, he knows that. He says Saruman. Saruman. He says Saruman. Saruman. Yeah. find the halfling
2: and when he's like no, shouting who, at him whom him do you oh, serve? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he doesn't know at all. Yeah,
3: he's got a nice vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> Limited, but but good. Yeah. yeah, it serves its purpose. Very thorough. <laughs> Hobbiton was made a year before production began to make it look like it was natural, lived in, yeah. and complete with a real vegetable patch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the greens department regulated the length of the grass by having sheep eat it.
1: Wow! Yeah,
3: so it was very Lots lifelike.
0: like New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: have you guys? Who's been up to Hobbiton? We have not been. Have no, we haven't. Yeah. Yet. Oh, you should see yeah. it. It's well, so we
0: went cool. To go two years ago, actually, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: it was only there yeah. after they rebuilt it for the Hobbit. But it's yeah, it's, it's so good. good. I remember like nice when we were watching song. the film. Again, I was just like, everything you're seeing right now is is real. The only thing that's not real is that one tree above Bag End, which is a like synthetic tree and they actually had to make individual leaves for that tree and stick it on that tree. They sewed on each leaf. Sewed on each leaf. Yeah. It was just like everything else is, is like you, you stand on that hill, you can actually see the whole like, shire as a really nice, yeah, Just so cool.
3: That's what I had in terms of trivia. Uh, there's literally thousands and thousands of pieces of trivia on this movie. Yeah. Um, so go to IMTV. If you're really <laughs> bored, you can spend a day reading through the trivia about this movie. Yeah,
4: you
0: know, nice. Yeah. yeah. Most of it will be on Lurts.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. Well,
1: there's one on Lurts about him
3: um, not being in the books. So yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But the, uh, the the stuntman who plays him comes back for Two Towers, and he comes back for Return of the King. He plays pretty important. Uh, okay, we
0: got to we got to spot this character in both Maybe those movies. Now. Okay, he's going to yeah. be
1: our, uh, our, our our protagonist. For yeah, the, yeah. the podcast he's,
0: series. He's, <laughs> it'll be like a bit like Where's Wally, but it's a Where's <laughs> uh,
3: Okay, any anything to conclude with we're, we're obviously going to be we'll watch two towers soon when we have yeah. a chance and we'll we'll review that yeah um, pretty soon so b- before the end of rings of power I think they're doing weekly episode releases right yeah we'll, yeah we'll have all of the trilogy out and then we'll also review rings of power once once that's done all right so if Thanks. people want to get in touch with us about their thoughts on fellowship how they go about it
0: we're on all platforms at cognitive recalibration, or you can email us at cognitive recalibration podcast at gmail.com.
3: We are actually posting reasonably regularly now on Instagram, uh, Instagram and TikTok. So we've started posting on TikTok so you can watch snippets of our reviews. There's two a week now that we're posting. So if you can't stand listening to us for an hour, you can watch, you can watch a reel of us for a minute. And if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by giving us a review on iTunes or Spotify. So Spotify is just a rating out of five stars. In uh, iTunes, you can actually write a review as well. Uh, so that makes us more discoverable on search engines if we do get more reviews. Mm. Thanks to both of you guys. Um, oh, thanks for having for- us on. This has been a
1: long time coming. This We yeah. really wanted to come and talk about this series, which is a masterpiece in every way.
3: Yes. If you're up for it, we'll get you back for Two towers and Return the King as well. And Rings of Power as well. Why not? Let's do it. Let's do all of them. (laughs) Let's do one straight (laughs) through. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm
4: I'm one and done. One
3: and done. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For life. (laughs) Well, we were going to get you on for um, Black Adam actually, because you usually come on on for our uh, DC. Okay. So two and done. Yeah. Yeah. Does he come for R.D.C.? Yeah, he came. You've done Shazam. Shazam oh, Shazam. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, 1984. Yeah. That
0: was the POS Yeah. Oh, 1984. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Not a good movie. Anyway, yeah. <laughs>
3: different different franchise. So, anyway, thanks thanks everyone for listening. Um hope you enjoyed it. We could have
0: gone more in depth on this. We could just keep talking about this movie, yeah. but there's um, hours and hours of uh, stuff online if you want more in depth stuff. Uh, yes. Appendices,
1: yes. Reddit posts. Just go to Movie Detail subreddit and search for Lord of the Rings. It's just page after page
0: after There'll page. There'll be page. more than we could ever talk about. Yeah. 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 A lot
1: of fanfic about Lurtz and Saruman. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Not by me. That's a lot bad. <laughs> yeah. But I will advertise it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so hope you hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you're all staying safe. And uh, catch our next episode on Two Towers very soon. See you later.
1: Catch you.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello?